On this episode, we're talking to Pastor Clay Burgess. What does it look like to have a healthy mentor? How does the church handle mental health? How can the church improve? We talk about this and more. I'm John Hitchens, and this is Hope and Resilience, a Hiswell Homes podcast on the TQI Network. Each episode, we attempt to tear down the barriers to mental health, create and inspire a movement of change of how we do mental health, and be the change agent to how we see, understand, and respond to those who struggle with mental health conditions. Welcome to Hope and Resilience Podcast. I'm John Hitchens, and today we have on Pastor Clay Burgess. Welcome, Clay, and thank you for coming. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. When I read your bio, it said that you were an adult learning pastor. Can you talk to me about what that is? Yeah, that's a great question. I get that all the time. What does it, What do you even do here? I've been in the ministry for you know just over 20 years. Most of it's been as a lead pastor or senior pastor. Maybe your people are more familiar with that. A couple years ago, we joined in partnered in, merged in with Hope Community Church, which is a large church in our area. And so the idea of adult learning pastor is helping adults learn. And what that means is growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So what are the spiritual disciplines? What are the tools? What are the things that you need to know to help you in your spiritual development? So that's what I try to help out with. You're in near Raleigh, is that correct? North Carolina? Yeah, that's right. We're in the, the Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill area. And since I said Chapel Hill, let me say, since uh, we have a mutual friend that likes Duke, how about them Tar Heels? <laughs> okay, I can't go there with you because we have a local boy uh, that actually went and played for Duke, and now he's in the uh, NBA. I'm trying to think of his name, but he uh, he played for uh, Duke for all four years, and now he's playing professionally, but he's done really well. So, But I'm from Ohio State, and I got kids that went there, so I'm not even allowed. I'm probably not even allowed to be on a podcast with you because of where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. But just I think yeah, I lived in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, for close to Raleigh. It was actually Goldsboro for four years when I was enlisted in the military. There's a place down there that I got to ask you about. Well, do you know Wilbur's Barbecue? I do know Wilbur's Barbecue, and I've been there several times. It's been a while, but I've been there. Yeah, I haven't been there in forever, but we loved it. We used to go there, and I uh, went down there recently, probably a couple of years ago. It's still there. But I remember the first trip I ever had with an American Airlines pilot. Uh, the captain took me to New York. And uh, he took me to a barbecue place in New York, which is kind of shocking in itself. But they had a map and it laid out the 10 best barbecue places in the U.S. And Wilbur's was on there. So it's pretty famous. I think. A lot of good barbecue in North Carolina. So if All you want barbecue, this is where you need to come. Yeah, it's the vinegar kind, right? The kind different than the barbecue sauce that other people may not be that familiar depends with. on what part of the state you're in oh really depends on you know, wow. EDI, i guess would be eastern style barbecue which is the vinegar base as you go west it's more of the sweet tomato base kind oh yeah see that's what we're probably more familiar with yeah yeah up here we're more the vinegar kind most people i don't think see as often up here as we do the sweet kind all right so we talked about your adult learning pastor now so what do you actually do you have a program you go into just your church do you go to other churches with your program teaching adults to learn more what's that look like yeah again that's a great question john i mean i have i've only been here just a little over two years and actually my function my primary function is to help build out 
a residency program for those that are called to the ministry to help build out a leadership pipeline. So, so far less involved in you know building out this program, adult learning. We have uh, someone that's actually over that part specifically. So you, I mean, it's a great question. I wish I had a better answer than that, but it's sort of evolving as it goes along. I can give you what I, my philosophy of that is, of what discipleship looks like and what it looks like in a healthy way. I think that our spiritual development as followers of Christ is to grow. It's the process of growing to become like Christ, but it's for the benefit of others. And I'm thinking of Matthew 22, when you get into uh, verse 30, um, yeah, verse 37 through verse 39, where we're to love the Lord God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, and we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. So as we love God, as we become more and more like Christ, it's ultimately for the benefit of others. And so with everything that I do as I have the opportunity to influence others, I'm trying to build that, build that out as we strive to grow in our Christ likeness. What are the steps? What are the things that we need to do to make, ensure that we're moving in that right direction? What does that process look like? Uh, ultimately, it's for the benefit of others. God works in us so that he can work through us. And you say you've been doing that for two years. What got you started to want to do this versus I assume you had other jobs as far as your past. We haven't talked much about your journey. Can you talk about your journey and why you chose this aspect of discipleship or pastorship, whatever you want to call that is what you do. Why did you decide this was where you fit and what you like to do? I think that it's a big deal and why I have a passion for it is because this is where we can ultimately find fulfillment and satisfaction is understanding what our purpose is. When we go from having no faith at all to having having faith in God, then that puts us on a process. Uh, it puts us on a journey. Belief in Christ results in life. So once we have life, we need direction. Direction comes through truth. Truth actually is a person. Jesus has said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And, and then so that starts this process. And I just, I'm passionate about seeing people make progress on that journey towards Christ's likeness so that they can ultimately find satisfaction and fulfillment. But too often, what we do is we get in the weeds because we put in, we try to find satisfaction and fulfillment in things uh, that fall short. Theological way to look at it is that we put idols in place, things that are functional saviors and that we put our trust in and hope that that's going to give us satisfaction and fulfillment. And it just doesn't. So I, I just have this desire. And the reason I'm passionate and push into this is I want to see people reach their potential in Christ. Yeah, it's amazing because if you look at our society, the way it's been going, you, you can see that people are, I believe that's one of the big problems of society is we put our faith, our hope, our desires in places that never were meant to be, you know, that it was supposed to be given to the Lord and, and we miss that aspect of it. When we talked uh, about you coming on, the term you used was emotional, healthy spirituality. What does that mean to you or mean? And, and how do you put that into your, your package that you're talking to people about? Yeah, I, I think as we move towards Christ-likeness, for, for God to work in you and through you so that you can actually be a benefit to others, you need to be healthy. And so when you think in terms of healthy spirituality and emotional healthy, you have to be in a good place from which you can function. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know whose you are. You need to understand what God is up to and what he's doing in you. And, and as you get 
comfortable and confident in those places, then he can use you in a mighty way to speak words of truth into the lives of others. You know, I mentioned this process, you know, you move from faith, from having no faith to being able to share your faith. You go from no truth to being able to speak the truth in love. And we're okay typically with those parts of the process. Okay, so you go from having no faith to having a faith, a belief system, and then truth or knowledge about it. But then the hinge point or the the area that we struggle with is how do we gain traction once we're uh, in process? And this is where we have a rub because this is where in order for us to gain traction, we have to invite people into our lives, Uh, a second set of eyes, people that will hold our feet to the fire, who are willing to take responsibility for our holiness, if you want to say it that way. But people that will help us reframe our circumstances through the contours of the gospel because we can get blinders on and not actually see what's going on and what our faults are and what our issues are. And so we need people to speak into us. And a lot of times we're uncomfortable with that. And John, the reason is we don't want people in our business. But in order to make an impact with our lives, in order to find satisfaction and fulfillment, ultimately, we need people speaking truth into our lives. And we need healthy people that are doing that. They want it to go well for us. And for us to do that for others, we need to be healthy as well. And and again, this is a process. So I want people to understand that in a process, it's okay to be kind and patient and gracious with yourself. Just because you're just like your heavenly father's been kind and patient and gracious with you. I mean, it's just a process. There's several things you talked about there that I'd like to talk more about. One is the identity. At His Homes, we think that's critical is that, you know, a lot of people base their identity, we feel, on what they think the most important people around them believe about them. And it's it's really what they think that person believes about them. And so their identity a lot of times can be on a lot of bad information where if they make God their primary person, then he tells them about their identity. And that in itself is a, a starting point of where you can jump off and be get healthy. So you talk about the process. Tell me about you want a mentor basically is what I'll call it, a mentor helping you through this phase. How do you know that your mentor is healthy or even that you're healthy to be a mentor? How do you look and figure out that you're emotionally and spiritually healthy? What are the things you look for? Or you guys have a test for that? Or how do you do that? How do you determine it? Yeah. Well, those are great questions, John. And, and, and I don't know that there's an exact science to this because as we're, you know, moving through this, we all have good days and bad days, right? There's some days you seem pretty dialed in and other days you're like, Man, my stuff is nowhere near any kind of good pile. Um, so I, I think personally, as you walk through it, understanding will go to what you said about identity is not what do I think about myself, but what does God think of me and what does God say about me? What are the truths that are there, uh, that I'm loved, that I'm valuable, uh, You know that God loved me so much that he sent his son to save me, even though I'm still a sinner, and even though I've done these things to push back against him, he has still done these things for me. So understanding who you are and understanding these truths are important in finding your own personal health. And then if you've got a guy that's speaking into you, and let's say he's heavily influenced by the world, and his advice seems like something you would get on a you know a, a crazy show, as opposed to something that lines up with scripture, you you get a sense, well, they're not that healthy. That's not good advice. That's not good counsel. 
So you're always on the lookout for who are people that you can, you know, that you trust, that have your well-being in mind. Um, you know, they want something for you that's not just that they want something from you. So, you know, those kind of things you can pick up along the way. And part of it, you know, John, at some point, you know, it's taking a risk because relationships are risky sometimes. And, you know, some people say things that are that are hurtful and harmful. And just because you've experienced that at some point in your past doesn't mean that you should give up on it. Because I'm telling you that relationships are worth fighting for because we're not made to do life alone. We're not made to be in this process alone. We're made to do it in community. And it's vitally important. That's what's that's what I say is like that's that hinge point that will help us move towards our fulfillment and satisfaction in Christ. And we need to do it together. Yeah. His Holmes talks about that a lot as far as community, that it's it's every life is supposed to be done with relationships and community. That's why we're starting a platform to bring a community to people who have mental health issues. So they have a place to go that they can do all that. But we also talk about you talk about like that person. We talk about a go to person, someone that you can share, open up with and do all that stuff. And, and the healthier that person is, obviously, the healthier he's going to help you get to be. I just want to take a quick break here to let you know that if you're struggling with mental health and need help, or if you have a loved one struggling and you want to join our community, please visit us at hiswillhomes.org. And yes, you can be struggling with mental health or supporting someone that's struggling and be a mental health warrior. Look forward to hearing from you, hiswillhomes.org. Thank you. When you talk about that, some of the things I looked on emotional, healthy, spirituality, they talked about emotional health is part of mental health, but it's just part of it. It's a smaller part of your total mental health. And it talked also about contemplative spirituality. Uh, Do you have a comment on those two aspects of of emotional, uh, healthy spirituality that I saw, or at least I believe those are the pieces to it? I think that this is so important because we live in a culture that expects us to move at tremendous pace and at high levels of speed, get things done. Let's just go, 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 go. And it's, it's interesting when you look at scripture and you notice that, you know, Jesus didn't work at that pace. He did ministry at three miles an hour. You know, he was just walking. And so I think in, in order to find this emotional, spiritual health place, it's good for us to slow down and actually breathe. Uh, I like the language. I've heard another person say this, this idea of sitting before the Lord. And that means, you know, not showing up with agenda, not with your big boomer Bible, not with a lot to say, you know, working through your prayer list, but sitting and waiting. It causes us to slow down. It causes us to breathe. Uh, to adjust to the pace that we are made to live at because we can get so caught up in the hectic, get it done, check it off. And I'm a check it off guy. I like a good list. You know, number one, make a list so I can check it off, right? And so I'm all about list and I get that and productivity. We have to do that. But I think it's vitally important that we build in seasons to intentionally slow down and breathe and then do a check before the Lord. Uh, you know, there's a lot of verses that point to this, this idea of examining yourself. And you can't examine yourself at a high rate of speed. You need to slow down and check. How am I doing mentally? How am I doing physically? What's going on in my head? What's going on in my headspace? What are the things that I'm thinking about? What are the things that I'm dwelling on? Uh, and then how is all that transferring into my relationships? 
How am I treating others based on what's going on in my head and in my heart? So those seasons of slowing down to evaluate and examine that stuff is hugely important. And I think a lot of times we take it for granted and even dismiss it because it doesn't feel like productive time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when we talk about we talk about self-care and how important that is for to mental health, to be able to stop and, and, and look at yourself, take a rest, take a break. And we were talking about today in a meeting that we had and we were talking about you know self-care and how we were going to present that and talk about that. Because a lot of times when you think about self-care, people think about being selfish and self-centered, but that's not it at all. And then we talked about how often Jesus had self-care. We talked about when he fell asleep in the boat, he was basically taking a nap and doing some self-care there. And then every time he went out and prayed, he usually went you know, in solitude to do that. And so what you talked about there, I think is critically important for mental health as well as emotional health is taking that time to, to stop and to rest and to think and to be silent. And uh, what we were talking, what you didn't hear was I, I used the word contemplative spirituality because I saw that on that topic. And so I've read a little bit about that and I was interested in that. Do you have anything that you want to say or what is your thought about the contemplative part? We talked about silence and solitude, which is obviously a, a spiritual discipline as well. What do you think about, like there's people that I have read about and I think is in there as far as authors is like um, Father Keating and Basil Pennington. They talk about a centering prayer. Do you have thoughts on that, what they're talking about there as far as the contemplative spirituality? So I come from a Baptist background, so not a lot in that area. Having said that, I you know, so I'm sort of evolving into that area, this idea of centering. When do you take a moment just to breathe and set your the tone and direction for your day? So I tend to do that more around meditation over some of the Psalms, and then from there go into my Bible reading and from there into prayer. So I would that's what I would call what that is more. And then I let, would layer on that some regular fasting. I'm not sure that's exactly what you're getting at there. The topic was similar. It's just a different way of doing that. So what are other spiritual disciplines? Because when we talk about his homes, we've read other material about being able to actually rewire your brain New York pathways by doing spiritual disciplines. You talked about fasting, which is one. Sometimes when you're doing medicine in the mental health world, obviously they don't want you fasting with your meds and stuff, depending on what how that interacts with your food. But what are some other spiritual disciplines that you discuss and what do you see the aspects of how they help you other than the ones we already talked about, solitude, silence? Yeah, I think the big three, now Dallas Willard, when he's talking about the biggest three in terms of setting you up for spiritual growth, he talks about fasting as, as important. But again, dealing with meds and different people with health issues, you have to be careful with that. But I think fasting reveals to us, yeah, it just reminds us of how needy and how frail and how fragile we are. And it, it brings to bear a little bit of spiritual uh, humility. I think Bible memorization and meditation, that's a discipline. Uh, that helps get you some spiritual depth, you know, when you're really grinding and, and wrestling. So we a lot of times we think we got to get from Genesis to Revelation. We got to get through it all. But what if there was just a verse that you just drilled in on for a long period of time and just kept circling, kept digging into that? I think that's what's getting that or what that's getting into. And then silence and solitude, I think, is a big deal because that rate that raises our spiritual awareness. It slows us down. Other disciplines that I 
try to practice regularly. Obviously, Bible intake is vitally important if you're a follower of Christ. God speaks to us primarily through his word. I think journaling is a, another discipline. You know, no matter where, you're, where you are or what you're going through, to remind yourself of the faithfulness and the kindness of God, even in the, when you're in those dark seasons, maybe you're dealing with some mental issues, some struggles there. Maybe you're dealing with some physical pain. And those places, they always bring us to a response. And are we going to respond in a good way or are we going to respond in a bad way? And so as we build these disciplines into our life regularly, these consistent deposits over time, it sets us up so we can respond in a healthy way. Yeah, I think uh, like you talked about, the, the, just the ability to, to stop and how those spiritual disciplines can help you get through tough times, going back and going over so many scriptures out there that just feed into your life. What, no matter what the circumstances is, it seems like you can always find at least several Bible verses that, like you said, you can drill down on. And then it brings strength to be able to recover or to go on. We talk about hope and some of those giving you hope. Hope to us is just taking that next step, seeing that there's a next step. And so all the scripture voices, uh, reading those, praying those, meditating especially on those we think help tremendously for mental health to get you stronger to be able to deal with what's going on in your life i think it's interesting john how all of this works together so i mean i think we need to think of a lot of this stuff holistically like what's going on in my heart you know what's going on in my heart are there hidden sins are there things that need to be exposed so we do a heart check we do a body check you know am i eating right am i exercising right because those things affect our outlook, our spiritual outlook, and they also ex- affect our mental health at, at a level as well. And then what's going on in our head? What are the things that we're thinking about and mulling over and rolling over and over again in our head? All of this stuff works together uh, in terms of moving us towards spiritual health or away from spiritual health. So we need to be aware of all of this stuff. So it's not just, are you praying and reading your Bible? Are you eating and exercising? You know, what are you thinking about? So all of this works together. Yeah, the wholeness, the holistic idea is what we're looking at is trying to bring to the table. You know, a lot of people get bits and pieces of it. But like you said, diet, sleep, exercise, taking your meds if you need those. A lot of people will then do all those, but they drop out the spiritual part, which leaves it only two or three dimensional versus four or five that that bring the whole health to recommit abundant life, you know? So it, I think what you said is just, that's a critical piece is to bring all the pieces together and leaving out one or the other still hurts. If you don't get the right sleep, like you said, you can be a mess or you forget your meds one day or you don't eat well. It all impacts how you function and how well you go that day. I just want to pause here for a moment to remind you about Hiswell Homes. Hiswell Homes is here to build a community for those struggling with mental health both online and locally with an actual facility. No one should be homeless because they have a mental illness. Help support us in building a community and building actual homes. Go to hiswellhomes.org and click on the donate button. Join us to help improve lives. Thank you. What do you think the church's role should be as far as not just 
this that we talked about, the spiritual part of it, but do you think the church has a role in the mental health side of it that's so big these days? With COVID and all the stuff that happened there, mental health obviously is starting to be talked about everywhere. Do you see that as a chance or an opportunity for the church to, to help in that area and be a leader in that area, or what do you see the church doing for mental health? Yeah, absolutely. The church should be leading the way on this. You know, I don't think COVID is to blame for some of this stuff going on. It just exposed some of the things that were already there. And the church should be on the front line in terms of speaking into this and and helping people uh, as much as they can in their spiritual development and helping them with resources if they need more extensive aid than that. The church typically tends or can be, I'll just say can be, judgy when people get a little sideways in their lives. But we shouldn't, I mean, that, that shouldn't be the case. We should be looking at how do we help people be holistically healthy in every aspect of their life, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of those things. We should be leading the way on that for sure. Well, I love that because that's what we would like to bring some of the stuff that we're building and developing into the churches. Some of the stuff that I've read is that most pastors believe that their church is mental health what do you want to call that? It's, it's where they're they're supportive of that. But some of the things that I've seen written, they talk about maybe that the cost, uh, even the liability and the exhaustedness of trying to help with mental health. Do you see the ways that the church can help in that area or ways that they can fix those problems? Or do you see that as a problem at all as far as are those real problems for pastors and churches, depth of, of mental health and where it goes? Yeah, there, so there's a number of things there. I, I think education, education of pastors to know how to help. And it's tough for churches. If you're a smaller church and you've got one guy, the level of, of energy, you talked about how taxing it was. And you're talking about, let's be honest, I mean, some high maintenance situations that are going to require a lot of time and effort and energy. People just don't necessarily gravitate towards that. We like to gravitate toward the easy type of things. So I think it, it, we need to resource the churches, educate the pastors, and look for partnerships. How can we partner together? Because I'm telling you, not all pastors, very few pastors, I'll say, are experts in this. And so they need help. They don't want to dismiss it, but they're going to bend or drift or move towards things that they are comfortable with. So I think it's conversation, education, and the idea of building collaborative partnerships going forward that could really be helpful. Well, let me ask you this then. That's our. That's what Hillsville Homes wants to do. How do you see us being able to penetrate churches? What's probably the best way to get our foot in the door or to talk to them? How do you, you know, because we don't want to tell them, hey, you don't know what you're doing or you need this help. So what do you see as a way that Hillsville Homes could come in and go, hey, here's what we offer? What, how do you see as us approaching a church to try to get them the help that you're talking about, the sport to where we can bring in programs and platforms and, and resources how would you uh, advise us, I guess, Hizzle Home, to do a jo- good job of going into churches and seeing if we can come alongside of them and partner? Yeah, step one would be awareness and building a relationship. So, John, you and I met yesterday. No idea about who you were or what you were doing. So I think for churches, because pastors can be a little suspicious as well. You don't just let anybody into your church among your congregation. So it takes time to build up the relationship and then help me understand what it is you do and what are you after and how can we work together. So I think it's it begins with relationship building layered with awareness. I mean, I didn't know you existed until recently. A mutual friend brought us together. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Getting the word out is critical. But I, again, it comes back to almost what we started this conversation with is it's about relationship, relationship with God, but also relationships with each other are critical aspects of, of trying to get in and help somebody or to come in and fix a situation or to add to the situation, to help in the situation. So relationship to us also is critical. It looks like we're about out of time on the 30 minutes that we usually run. Yeah, I have a question for you. What would it uh, what what would it look like from your perspective? What do you want it to look like to have those relationships with churches? Are you, are you talking like a network? Because obviously you couldn't do it all by yourself. So what would that look like? What we're building right now is a platform that actually brings all these different resources together. So what we would like to do is go into churches and bring the training that we develop on that platform that people can get to. And and what we would like to do is to allow the people in the churches to know we even exist, that we have a platform, that we have resources for the mental health that they could send them to. And, And we're not at the professional level, but what we are is the gap is that we give them hope and we can help stabilize them to be more emotionally and mentally healthy. And then we also have resources that we can point them to. And eventually what we hope to do is generate enough cash from that platform to build housing for them. Because one of the biggest areas that we see and barriers to helping someone with a mental health condition is having housing. A lot of them are homeless or they're in the jails and they get really no help in there. So what we want to do is build a platform. We bring a lot of resources and get a lot of people on using those resources so we can generate advertising dollars and, and money from the resources to actually build homes. And that's what our mission is. And that's what we'd love to do. And so what we'd like to do is, is take that burden, help the burden that the pastor may have with the knowledge resources and all that that they may not have especially if they're not a very big church and give them those resources and us be that resource that they're looking for to like you said maybe pass it off and help us help their parishioners that are suffering out there and make it a friendly cooperative relationship yeah so that's what we'd be looking at that's good that's a good answer john yeah well, thanks. I hope you like it because I'm hoping that we can come into churches and help them with this issue because I think it's it's a growing concern everywhere as far as the, the mental health aspect of it. And obviously, like you talked about, is you can't be probably spiritually healthy unless you have that base of emotional healthiness that you're looking for as far as for each person to be able to grow in Christ. You need to be healthy to be able to do that. And you need a healthy leader leading you in that. So that's what we'd like to do is make sure we can give resources to do exactly what you were talking about doing. Yeah, that sounds good. I think you're I think you're on the right track. I got one question that I always ask everybody when they come onto the platform, uh, the podcast, is that it's a pretty fairly tough question because it's it's off the cuff. So have you seen the new Top Gun movie? I have not. Okay, so when you go, and I know this will be critically important to you because it's, it's, I'm sure it's part of being healthy, is you want to be in the in-group, you have to have a call sign when you go to this movie. Not really, but let's say you do. So my question today is, what is Clay's call sign going to be that we're going to announce to the world today? Do you have a call sign? Now remember, it's got to be fairly short. You got to be able to hear it on a radio and understand it. So do you, as I'm talking... Have you got one in mind that you could be your call sign could be today? I don't know. I probably need some guidance and counsel on that. But I, I mean, if you put me on the spot, I guess Clay Z. <laughs> I'll give you some guidance. Like my name, actually, uh, it never went anywhere other than Hitch. So I was Hitch. And then like you have on Top Gun, you have Maverick, you have Goose, 
mongoose. You know, it's got to be something, you know, like I asked a lady that was on a few days ago and she said her name was Sassy. So I thought that was good. She came up with Sassy. And another guy is a vegan and he said his name was Vegan 100 because he also was doing, he's done 90, I think he's up to 96 triathlons. So he's going for 100. So he's Vegan 100. So does that, does that help you a little bit at all? Uh, that does, but man, my mind, I am total blank, man. I got nothing. That's that's embarrassing, John. I got nothing. No, 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 it's not. Sorry, I put you on the spot. Maybe it could be just Clay. I like Clay. Yeah, there you, know, you go. Your first name, I like that. Yeah. So Clay01, announced to the world today, Clay. Yeah. Today, adult pastor Clay Burgess talked about the struggle to find fulfillment and satisfaction. It reminded me of the Rolling Stones' 1965 song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Clay points out that to be able to solve this struggle, you need both emotional health and spiritual maturity. He says it's impossible to be spiritually mature and emotionally immature. They go hand in hand, and you need both to find fulfillment and satisfaction. Clay recommends the first step to ending the struggle is knowing who you are and whose you are. Understanding and believing what the Bible says about your identity is foundational for having any emotional health or spiritual maturity. Another important step is to find a mentor, someone a little further down the journey to healthiness and allow them to guide you. Once your identity is assured and you have your guide, you are well on your way to solving the fulfillment and satisfaction issue. Thanks for listening.